fellas, I got some uh, some good news. As you can see, I'm celebrating with a, a little bit of the bubbly. About a year ago, just on a whim, I bought about 50 shares of, uh, of GameStop stock. About four bucks a piece. Then yesterday morning, I, uh, I hop, on, hop on Robinhood, see that they're, they're selling at 440. I sell all those bad boys. Now I'm rolling in the dough. If you can't do the math on that, then I can't help you. And now you should be lucky that I am sitting here hosting a podcast with a couple of nothings like you two. Got some champagne in a wine glass because I don't have champagne flutes. I love that this isn't going to come out for like a half a week. And by then, like Robin Hood will be shut down and like they'll close the stock market and like everyone's going to be out all this money. GameStop's going to go bankrupt because they were already going to go bankrupt. (laughs) And now, our feature presentation. It's Tuesday. You know what that means. Welcome to another edition of Feature Presentation. My name is Frankie Fremonti, and joining me, as always, are my co-hosts, Mike Hawkins. Hey. And Chris Prakowski. Hi. And this week, we're here to talk to you about Universal's lovely, just, I, I adore it, 1934 classic horror hit, The Black Cat, which some of you might know as the first time the great Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff appeared on screen together. So we're getting that out of the gate. Bela Lugosi, Boris Karloff, come on. Does it get better than those two guys? Come on, guy, give me, give me something here, guys. Does it get better than those two? No, I got to tell you that it doesn't. Well, you know what? They're no Adam Sandler and Kevin James, but they're pretty good. You know, I can mute you, right? Like I, I have that ability because <laughs> I host the meeting every week, and I've done it. I've done it before, and I'll, I will do it again. Okay. Chris, do you want to give us the plot, and that way we could get into it? Uh, Seeing that, I, I think I'm taking the lead on this one. I'm actually just me. pulling it up. Hold on one Thank second. You, pal. Take your time. Okay. Okay. The Black Cat from 1934, directed by Edgar G. Ulmer. After a road accident. Ac- Good try. After a road accident in Hungary, the American honeymooners Joan and Peter and the enigmatic Dr. Werdegast find refuge in the house of the famed architect Jalmer Polzig who shares a dark past with the doctor. All right. So, like I said, this is Bela Lugosi, Boris Karloff's first appearance together. Uh, The first of eight appearances, I believe. So that in its own right is huge. Um, Obviously, this is universal. So they're known for their horror movies at the time. So I personally love this movie. Like I've said, I think three times already. mostly because it's so much different than all the other universal stuff that was coming out at the time. Uh, and, and obviously the cast is incredible, but yeah, it's, it's great from, from the get go. Like it, it starts with the, the opening credits and the, the cut to each character 
as they're going in the movie. Yeah. Um, one, they never, I think that's the only time they did that besides the Wolfman. So that just off the bat, it's something different. Um, this is also pre-code by a couple of months. So they're allowed to get away with a little bit more than, than I think they would. And still, even with that, this was cut to like an hour and five minutes. And I couldn't yes. find, did you guys find anywhere like what it was cut from? Because I, I looked all over the place. And couldn't no. find like how long it was originally supposed to be. Like it seems like everything's just like lost film. Can't find it. It's it's just an hour and five minutes. No, I think it's just an hour and five minutes. I have no idea. You know, because I've heard that it, it's been cut down quite a bit. Mm. So that that sucks. No, now, I'm Frank, not, I'm not aware of that. Now, Frank, you mentioned the code. Why don't you explain for the the what future creatures is, yeah. what what it, what is the code? So, the code of the code of honor. They all had to shake hands. Yes, obviously. The code uh, of Hammurabi. No. So, if you're not familiar with the term pre-code, pre-code was a, a time period in Hollywood between 1929, which is when uh, they started adopting sound in pictures. Oh, talkies. And, talkies, yes. And 1934, which. So this time period in 1934, oh my God, I fucking can't talk tonight, boys. It's a time period between 1929, which was when they adopted sound in picture. Oh, the talkies. Yes, the talkies. And 1934, when they introduced the Hayes Code, which was uh, basically the motion picture production code that had censorship guidelines. So like if a villain... It, uh, commits an act of violence they have to get what's coming to them uh there's no sexual innuendo there's no romantic or uh sexual relationships between black and white people there's no profanity no drug use promis promiscuity i got that right i can't believe it um stuff like that so th this falls into that small window and not only into that small window but at the very back end of that that pre-code window hmm. So it's a little more violent and gets away with a little more, but it's still, like I alluded to earlier, it gets cut down quite a bit um, from what it originally was. So, so they say, yeah, obviously we don't know for sure because obviously we haven't found anything. Right. Um, Frank, I think you're beating around the bush here. What? Yes. Just, continue. just cut right to the chase. Boris Karloff is shredded. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, he's one, he's credited as just Karloff, which is, yes, cool I hell. think it's very funny. That's cool as hell. Uh, but he's also like jacked as hell, which I don't think he's ripped, he might yeah. be, he, he might be the only person in the thirties that was jacked. Like everybody else is like doughy dad bod and then mm -hmm. nope, nobody else was like, allowed it was just him yeah mm -hmm. like everybody saw him and we're like oh well he, he's the one that gets to do it so frank you uh, yeah. yeah help me you, out guys i'm fucking i'm, I'm babbling <laughs> well i'm gonna give you an opportunity to babble some more because you picked this movie and obviously you've already said that you love the movie but why did you pick it is it just because you love it so i picked it not only because i love it but because Again, it is, it's from that universal era where 
they were like the the kings of horror but it, it's so much different than like a frankenstein so one of the things i love about it is the the mansion um boris yeah. karloff's character's mansion that they go into it's not like dracula's castle or or frankenstein's lair it's like this weird like neo modern yeah like it's so it's real weird um it reminds me a lot of if you've seen ex machina Mm. so obviously the the content's not the same and obviously it's 80 years difference but there's this hyper modernism for the time that you just did not see right and it one it throws you off a little bit but it also I'm fucking losing it. Guys, I suck at this. I need your help. <laughs> well, you were in the middle of a sentence. Yeah. You know, and I'm I'm losing my track of sentences in the middle of it. I suck at this. Oh my god. Um so it reminds me of Ex Machina because it's this super modernistic take on things. And there's the and, scene where Bella Lugosi dances with a robot. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where Bella Lugosi <laughs> dances with the robot. Now, obviously, that's like that's a different type of feel. But for for them to go with something so out there, it, it it's just something that I love. I, I love them going that way. Um, Edgar G. Ulmer is obviously this visionary director. That's a good term for it. Thank you, Chris. This visionary director. That, if I may, because he's using a like a lot of silhouettes and shadows and reflections that is not used. You don't really see used often in in this you know early nineteen thirties. You know, right? The movie came out in nineteen thirty four, and there's really not a lot that's indicative of that. Right. You know, like if you, if you just watched it without knowing when it came out. Yeah, you'd I be know, like, oh, I, 1997, probably. Like, I was gonna say 2002. Yeah. Okay. I mean, guys, it's it's clearly 2014 came out as a right. companion piece to Ex Machina. You're right. See, um, my my one question is, you, you keep talking about the director, but like, I I don't understand how Edward James almost could have directed this. <laughs> well, he wasn't born yet. Mike, here's the thing. Edgar G. Ulmer Edward G. Olmos changed his name to Edgar what is it? Edgar J. J. Olmos? Edward. Edward? Whatever. Fuck you, man. Uh, (laughs) Changed his name because it was actually on the set of this movie that he got caught having an affair with the head of the studio's nephew, who was also a big producer at Universal, so he never worked for Universal again. So there's that. that that's a fun story. That's wow, why see, you don't really hear about uh, Edgar G. Ulmer until he changes his name. So you've got all these fun facts that I haven't even heard. Yeah, man, I got fun facts for days. I just suck it. So let's hear them. It's like last week, Elio showed up. He added all his direct uh, director's commentary fun facts. Mm-hmm. Let's hear your. Yeah, Black yeah, let's hear your fun, fun facts. facts. All right, you guys want some fun facts? I got some yeah. fun facts. 1934, Black Cat comes out. 
It is the most profitable movie for Universal Studios that year. Really? It is. Uh, Frankie, I don't know. That sounds like a, a lot of supernatural baloney to me. Sounds like well, a bunch of hooey. Supernatural, <laughs> perhaps. Baloney, perhaps not. Why'd you do your Christopher Walken? Um. <laughs> hey, there's like I want to see, I want to see Bella Lugosi play like a lot of different, like uh, not a spooky guy. Yeah, I want to see. Yes. Him, I, I want to see him play like, like a mechanic. He's like, like he's you're, you're yeah. going to need a new carburetor. He's much more human in this than I think mm-hmm. I've ever seen him. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's he's obviously still meant to be eerie and, and a little bit of spooky. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's not like he's Dracula, you right. know. Like yes, I, but he sounds like Dracula all the yes. time, and that's what I'm getting. Yes, at. He, yeah. no, no, I, I understand, but yeah. but still, his performance. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say and do will be used against you. And even t- towards the end, when his hair starts to get a bit disheveled, yeah, it's like, oh wow, like. Because to me, like it, it, when you see Lugosi, he's just so synonymous with Dracula. Like I don't, I don't ever really think of him in any other manner. But like to see him, like being a little bit more animated, slightly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and to have his hair a little disheveled, it, mm-hmm. it kind of like blew my mind. I was like, oh wait, yeah, like this is a this is a guy, this is an actor who had roles. This isn't just <laughs> Dracula. Hey, hey animated. Uh, what's animated about his performance? I thought he was very grounded. Oh yeah, yeah. His do, uh, do you mean, I mean his reactions to seeing black cats, <laughs> where he goes ah! and, and he stumbles ah! into like that like throws wind- a window thing, whatever it was. So yeah. boys, just to tie blah, back. Blah. To, so to tie back to what my fun fact was, it, it ties into what what I was getting to. Um, so Look at this, Chris. It's, it's we, we give him, we give him the reins. And he, he just starts babbling and saying how we're not helping him. We're not helping him. Then we start you talking. asked him what he likes about the movie. And he's like, look, can you give me a hand here? No, I asked him for a fun fact. We're past that. I'm fun facting. We're, I'm this fun is fun fact. Fa- Chris, guys, you're like you 10 minutes behind. Sorry. We're at the fun facts now. Guys, you ready? So I was talking about how it's profitable. So they, I actually found a breakdown. Of, so it made $7? Great. Guys, I found a breakdown. <laughs> Of what the cast was making, ooh, that black cat that we spoke of made a depression era two hundred dollars off of this movie. What was its Me? name? Uh, it doesn't say. <laughs> it doesn't they can't find that anywhere? Uh, looks it looks like two hundred dollars. Mister Whiskers. I thought its name was Morton. <laughs> I'm sure, but yeah, Morton. He's the kosher salt uh, cat. The the Morton's fisherman. Yeah, Morton. Well, here's a who. Guys, the cat made two hundred dollars. Lucille Lund, who played uh, Karen Wondergast, mm-hmm. so the daughter and also the wife, if, mm-hmm. if we're getting into that, only made one hundred and fifty dollars for her dual roles. The cat that played the cat that gets killed, and then the cat that uh, Karloff carries around to scare away Lugosi later in the movie, which is very two, funny to me, made two hundred dollars. So a cat basically outshined poor Lucille Lund. That's which, crazy. Which, I mean, does that say more about 1934 Hollywood than anything? <laughs> the fucking cat made more money than an actress that has lines in the movie? Well, the cat has lines. He meows and then he screeches when he gets when a, when a knife is thrown into his side. I mean, true. It's off screen, so we don't really know if that's the actual cat. 
That could be Frank, a fun case of dubbing. But. Frank, can you hit us with, I know you told us that you've been working on this over the past week. Can you hit us with your impression of the cat as a knife is thrown at it? I know you said uh, you've been, you've been <clears throat> te- testing this out. I got you. Are you ready? He's, stre- <clears throat> he's stretching, ladies and gentlemen. He's stretching his arms wide. Got to make sure, because you got to warm up the vocals. You got to get loose. All right, you guys ready? There's a good uh-huh. one. This is almost as good as Chris's Christopher Walken he did earlier. <clears throat> Meow. How was that? That was pretty good. Right? It's like Morton had crawled in front of your camera and meowed <laughs> into the computer. Yeah, man. I've been, I've been practicing all week. I literally, I have three cats upstairs, and I've been bouncing it off them to see what they thought. Mm-hmm. They, they. I mean, baby has thumbs, so he gave me a thumbs up. So okay, ba- baby has thumbs. That's gonna be our first shirt. <laughs> I uh, I actually do have a fun fact as well, Frankie. Oh, I thought oh, you were gonna God. say you actually do have thumbs. <laughs> I, I actually do have thumbs too. I actually do. <laughs> um, little known fact. Um, yeah, so something really interesting about this movie is especially obviously the time period we talked about 1934 um at at this point in time in movies music was generally limited to like just the titles and credits but uh they have a almost continuous background score throughout the entire film which had uh, i i want to say never been done before and if not never it's one of like the first like two or three films to ever do it which in the context of like film history is awesome. Yeah. But so allow me to reiterate once again, I love this movie. The score does not really fit with certain parts. No, no, definitely not. It's very upbeat. Like, yeah. At the end when the fucking castle is blowing up, it's like an upbeat, like almost like jaunty of a jaunty song. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Jaunty, jaunty tune, if you will. Yeah, you're, and you're like almost a, ex- the castles blowing up or the the mansions blowing up. Yeah, you're almost expecting Boris to like start tap dancing to the score. I did like that juxtaposition though, and I did hope yeah. that he would tap dance. Would be but sweet. the The score is by Heinz Romheld, who is a highly decorated composer. He did The Invisible Man. He did The Lady from Shanghai. He did Yankee Doodle Dandy. He, he's got 156 films under his belt. Holy cow. Um, I found, so the, the satanic prayer that was alluded to before, um, I found a translation of what the, the, the satanic prayer is. If you want, I can read it. I mean, Mike got it in a text from Elio earlier. So Mike, you want to you read it off for him? Yes. I received a text from our co-host, from last week, Elio. He said to me, Impedigore, Satan's sleeves, and the queen of black magic. I don't know why. He just, he texted me those words, and I feel like there's a hex on me now. Probably. 
Um, and, and, and what he texted you translates to with a grain of salt, a brave man may fall, but he cannot yield to err is human. The wolf may change his skin, but not his nature. Truth is mighty and will prevail. External actions show internal secrets. Remember when life's path is to steep, to keep your mind even the loss that is not known is no loss at all. Heavy thunder. With a grain of salt, a brave man may fall, but he cannot yield. By fruit, not by leaves, judge a tree. Every madman thinks everybody mad. Who repents from sinning is almost innocent. I have that whole thing tattooed on my chest. Yeah. So, well, oh, so you've seen this movie before? No. Oh. No, this was my first time. No, I've just, 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 just read the Satan book before. He's oh. just real into the rights of Lucifer, I believe. I mean, aren't we all? Mm-hmm. Lucifer deserves rights. Everybody's out here fighting for all these <laughs> rights, marching for all these rights. I want rights for Lucifer. I mean, goddamn, if Lucy can't get those rights. I gotta ask you guys, did the cult stuff come out of nowhere for you? Yeah, I, I mean, okay. I've seen it before. I wasn't sure first if I, time was I watched alone. it. First time I watched it, I, I expected it to be like psychological. It, it, it yeah. basically it it kickstarted the psychological horror genre. Oh, for sure. Which I was like, I'm totally in on this, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's just a cult movie. Cool. Like, I, I guess still love it, but it, it is a little out of left field. Because at the end, all like just all of a sudden they're there, and I was like, oh, they hadn't alluded to this at all. I guess I guess he has a cult now. <laughs> Yeah, like you would think maybe when he he's walking through and checking out like all his dead wives that he keeps in like right. glass cases, right? That like maybe there would be cultists like hanging out, like making sure <laughs> making sure like the glass is polished or something, like doing something. So at least yeah. there's a hint that he has like underlings, right? But yeah, no, it, it, it's 1934. You gotta give them. Got to give him a little bit of a break. Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, I mean, what, you know, one of the uh, cool things, you know, we mentioned the set, we mentioned the house. Um, incredible set pieces. That enormous spiral staircase. I love me a good spiral staircase. Um, but yeah, like the it, it's they're all everything's almost like futuristic, like the doors and. Um, like yeah, like the doors of each room, the the walls, the the design of like the the main level of the house. It's all like it's it's absolutely incredible that they built that. Um, I think it's so cool, and it's just it's it's juxtaposed by them being in that like bus that doesn't have walls or doors. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it looks like a ride vehicle at like yeah. Disneyland. Exactly, it's like a tram. <laughs> Well, and it's interesting, too, because that set direction is credited to Edgar G. Omer. Oh, wow. He is credited for, besides, obviously, directing the film, he also has a writer credit, the mm-hmm. set decoration credit, and costumes. Wow. A jack and, of all trades. Yeah. It's, um, you know, so, Mike, I believe you're a big fan of uh, Omer's detour from a couple of years later. Oh, brother, I am a big fan of Detour. Um, talk about a guy that gets a lot of, puts a lot of packet, puts a lot of punch in his pack. Puts a lot of packet. I, I think I had a stroke in the middle talk of that Talk about sentence. a guy that Woo! puts a lot of packet. <laughs> yeah. 
Chris, can you do it for me? Can you talk about a guy that puts a lot of packet? I can't. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so I was I was bringing up detour because like this seems like a far far difference, a, a, a far cry from what detour ends up being. Where like oh yeah, this is big studio. Like obviously, I I, I spoke earlier. If it didn't get cut out because I'm a moron. Um, of Omer having an affair with like the Universal Studio head's nephew's wife. Um, okay, I just, I just, well, I just want to put out there. I'm pretty sure last time you did not say you, wife. You said son. You, you said no. You said the nephew. Yeah, nephew. You said so, it, you. You just said nephew last time. It did not include that it was the nephew's wife. Well, you should definitely cut that part out. Um, that's why it was so shocking to us, right? That's why we were both like, oh. I wouldn't know. Yeah. You guys gave me no reaction to that. Thank you. Thanks a lot. We, what are you we talking definitely, about? We, went, we oh. definitely did. Yeah. Oh well, it was his wife. Um, you th- you thought we were like, whoa, a guy slept with a lady? Whoa. I mean, the head of the studio's lady. Yeah. <laughs> no. Or the head yeah, of the no, studio's you the head nephew's lady. No, you said the head of the studio's, the studio's nephew. nephew. And so we were like, whoa, oh shit. That's 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 and a that's, scandal for nineteen thirty four, and that's when we complimented you for having good fun facts because that yeah. was a very interesting. Turns out story. it's a lie of a that fun was, fact. It wasn't even a fun fact. That was a sad fact. Yeah, it turns out it was a lie. All right, whatever, guys. Mute him. Mute him. Uh, I have the muting powers. Thank Mute you. him. Rights for Lucifer. So, guys, Omer was thirty when this movie came out. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> He's a youngster. So, and it so, looks like Bella Lugosi was 17? Oof. No, 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 no. He Chris. had some hard miles. Chris, you just went after Frank for, for presenting <laughs> false facts. I have to correct you. He was at least like three weeks into being 18. <laughs> I'm sorry to call you out like that. So and there, somebody- was, there was the weird your- part because he kept on showing his fake ID on every scene. Is that- <laughs> would, yes, I found to board this bus. Feature creatures don't let our falsehoods take away from the fact that uh, I suck at this. Thank you. I Great. swear, I'm 23. I can buy this drink. So um, something else that I wanted to address that we haven't gotten to yet, but involving the background of the movie, is that it is based on a Edgar Allan Poe short story. I yeah. was just going to say this. And Thank you. By by based, th- that's very loose. There's a, a very loose correlation between the two stories. But what I find most interesting about it is because it is based on the Poe story, Poe has a writing credit on this movie. Oh, wow. Poe had been dead for dead 89 for... years. Yeah. Not only was he dead for 89 years, the only similarity to the short story, The Black Cat, is that there's a black cat in, in in like in the movie? That's the only similarity. Well, um, he deserves a writing credit for that. Hell yeah, um, I do like so on the the opening title card. It doesn't say like based on based on the story. I it's love this. Suggested by the short story yes. by your Alan Poe, which like it's such a loophole. Like, I love it so much because it's suggested by, yeah, like, we're kind of based it on his story, but really we only got the cat in it. So sick. He got 200 bucks for doing this shit. He played two cats. (laughs) 
I, uh, I love all that old verbiage like that. Yeah, suggested by. Um, and actually, so the Black Cat in came out again in 1941. Uh, they released a new movie called The Black Cat in 1941 that was more based on Poe's story. Bela Lugosi is also in that Black Cat. So oh, wow. that's fun when you're trying to find this movie and you're like, oh shit, this is the movie that the boys were talking about. And then it's, hey, this is real Edgar Allan Poe. Why is, where, where's Boris Karloff? It's because you're watching the wrong one. Either that or you're watching like the, uh, oh fuck, what's the other one? Hold on, there's so many black cats. Uh, the 2007 <laughs> directed by Stuart Gordon, Masters of Horror version of the Black Cat. See, which is I, didn't, I didn't even know that that existed. And it's funny because I was about to say that I can't believe no one has remade it yet with like, oh man, with like Jared Leto or somebody. <laughs> so there's a bunch. Uh, 2007, The Black Cat by Stuart, uh, directed by Stuart Gordon. No, Morton, the cat. Gordon. It's the, no, it's the cat in disguise. He's retelling uh, his tale his way. Featuring Jeffrey Combs, so fans of Reanimator. Another Stuart Gordon, Edgar Allan Poe adaptation starring Jeffrey Combs for yeah. fans of that. Um, there's also like two different Italian black cat. Like there's the Lucio Fulci black cat from 81. Which I, I think, I think, think is, is the, the one with like the biggest cult following at this point. Yeah, I would say so. I would agree with that. Um, and I don't think is based on any Poe, but there's also another Italian black cat from 89 uh, by Luigi Cosi, which I'm looking at it and the alternate title is Demon Six. So if you've ever seen Demons, um, that, that's like a weird Italian horror movie. And it seems like this somehow ties into that series, even though it's not the same director or the same cast or anything. I think that it's kind of like the, the zombie thing where like they released the um, right. Isn't that just called zombie, but they released it as like the third night of the living dead movie. Yeah. In, so, something like that. Mm -hmm. I, I've never been totally straight on it, but it, it's something along those lines. All those like weird Italian movies that are kind of based on, somebody else's work are all like real confusing. So like, this looks like it's just another demons sequel. That's not really a demon sequel, but I believe it's also based on the Edgar Allan Poe story. Chris, you're out here rating movies on Letterboxd while Frank is trying to tell you about the black cat. Hey man. No, I did that earlier. I don't know. I was on hey, Letterboxd minutes ago and it was not there. It was there. I did it about tisk, 15 tisk. minutes ago. Oh, so way earlier. Tisk, tisk. Um, I got to watch that, though. Hot damn. I, right. I'm going to talk about it later. Same director as Charade. You got to watch it. Yes, that's right. You got to watch Charade. You got to watch Broadcast News. You got to watch Burning. Same same director, all of them. <laughs> yep, little known facts. <laughs> um, hey, sorry, Frank. I looked at my phone and saw that Chris was being mean to you. But you were it's, also on your phone, not paying. It's fine, guys. No, it. no, 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 no. I was looking. I was looking up Luigi Cozy uh -huh. on Letterboxd, and then when I returned to the home screen, I saw suddenly Chris has reviewed a film. Guys, it's fine. I get it. Like, 
You guys let Frank take the lead. He shit the bed. Frank, I'm Frank, and I'm bad. I'm Frank, and I don't, I can't talk to you. Fuck you, man. You're doing fine. I'm making fun of you. I'm making fun of you for saying that you're doing poorly. (laughs) Fuck you, man. (laughs) Because you're doing doing perfectly adequate job. Until. Wow. (laughs) This is perfectly subpar, which is on point for what you usually do, stupid. (laughs) I, 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 this is about what I expected. So, congrats. Good job. (laughs) I mean, if we're being honest, this is about what we all should have expected, and you guys should be ashamed that you do a podcast with me. Anyways. I think the moral of the story is that we don't let Frank pick the movies anymore, even if they're good. Yeah. No. he doesn't even know what to say about them. Yeah, man. I fucking suck. Uh, Uh, I like Boris. fine, buddy. I like Boris. I'm Frankie. I like (laughs) Boris Karloff's haircut. His no, no, that's me. I like Boris Karloff's haircut. It was really All right, cool. guys. So I said in the group chat that I could do a cool <laughs> twenty, a cool twenty on Boris Karloff's haircut. Yo, so, uh, creature, put the timer on. Feature, the feature creatures. Feature creatures. Buckle on in because the next twenty minutes are Boris Karloff's haircut. So when Boris Karloff first enters the movie, automatically the most striking thing is about uh, the most striking thing about him is his hair it's this it's high and tight but his hairline is absurd it's receding on the sides in insane amount but there's something about it that that looks so suave so debonair stanley is that stanley guys we've been joined by stanley kubrick on the stream on the zoom or whatever yeah the zoom stanley do you have any oh Oh, no he left i was hoping we could get a quote from him Trying to make my hair look cool like Boris Karloff, and then I realized, nope, it did not, not work, buddy. No, oh, is no. wait, is Stanley coming back? No, Stanley's dead. Is Stanley coming back? No, he's back. He's back. I filmed the moon landing. It was fake. Wow, wow. He, he admits Holy it. Cow. Holy he admits cow. it. After all these years, it's so strange that the ghost of Stanley would appear here to reveal this. Chris, why are you eating? Why did you just get up and get a treat? <laughs> Am I boring you that much, you piece of shit? Was that more of your damn Halloween candy that's on the floor? Because you walked over to the floor and picked up Son a Ghirardelli caramel chocolate. Son of a bitch. Why are you eating that now? Why not later? Why not before? Why now in this moment? Are you um, licking your fingers? I had a little bit of caramel on it. Don't lick your fingers. <laughs> just insult to injury. Jesus I just Christ. washed them before. Before when? We've been recording for like a half hour. Longer than that. I washed them before. Yeah, like you reviewed that movie before 15 minutes ago. I uh-uh. reviewed it 15 minutes ago. Uh-uh. Son of a bitch. Guys, the black cat is really enjoyable. Going into this episode. <laughs> I want to we... let you know, you, you lied to our viewers, our listeners. You only did two minutes on his haircut. Yeah, because you're distracting me with your with your Ext- caramel and your uh, chocolate. A professional it's never gets up. distracted. It's it's full of the fudge. <laughs> you gotta so, sign up for the Patreon for the full twenty. Uh, before we move on, um, I think we'd be remiss to say that David Manners and Julie Bishop, aka Jacqueline Wells, as like the the couple that's involved in this movie mm-hmm. that we haven't talked about once. Don't really fucking matter in a movie with Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff, right? Like, they're kind of there just to be there to kind of have somebody to play off those two. Yeah, so I mean, not just they were they were very good though. Time. 
they're yeah. good, but like, who gives? Like, I don't give a shit about them. I just want to watch Lugosi and Karloff do their thing, right? Like, well, see, I'm not the only one, right? Because you thought I was trying to transition away from the movie. I was just gonna say that it's a good movie. We all enjoyed it. We all said going into this episode that we didn't totally have a lot to say. We we didn't really know what to say about it. It's good. I don't know. Once you get get through some of these fun facts, I mean, we could try to break down like the the political ties. Uh, I did buy a book called Wasteland, The Great War and the Origins of Modern Horror by W. Scott Poole, um, which is about how World War I influenced modern horror. And there's uh, a nice like two or three pages about the black cat in it. Mm-hmm. Um where basically like the so Karloff being um building like his mansion on an old battlefield kind of alludes to like the 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 great war that has happened in this fictional universe um and obviously uh Paul Zig and Wurdergast were in the army together that that's like the whole inciting um inciting moment i guess would be the word for this so that that ties to world war one um it, it also has a little bit about how bella lugosi uh and his time during in the war during world war one um ties into the way he played his character but it's only like two or three pages uh, on it. So it, it's not that much. And I haven't read the book. I just kind of skimmed through those pages because I noticed that it was in here and we were getting ready to do this. Um, but yeah, check that book out because it looks awesome. So Wasteland, the Great War and the Origins of Modern Horror by W. Scott Poole. And there is a black cat little little snippet in there. Check it out. Um, I, I but do yeah, I, I don't think it, it's much to talk about. Like it, it's there, but it's not like it's not glaring where it's you have to talk about it when you mm-hmm. talk about this movie. Well, I wanted to say that uh, you said David Manners and Julia Julie Bishop really don't matter, but I disagree. David Manners absolutely does matter because who else is who else is Wordergast's assistant going to karate chop in the neck? He could have karate chopped a cult member. In all fairness, we don't want to talk about the karate chopping. I mean, the karate I mean, chopping. The karate it, chopping is incredible. I, you love a good karate chop in a time where, like, that must have blew people's minds. Mm-hmm. Did, this They're is like, whoa! <laughs> They're like, holy shit! He knows. He knows karate. Jackie Chang credits this with being his inspiration. <laughs> he saw this and he said, "I, I've got to." Tell a police story now. <laughs> Bruce Lee Fooey. I, I have to don a, a torcedo. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I mean, I butcher that. I said a torcedo. That's not an article of clothing. <laughs> I need to don a tuxedo. So I do have something that I've been sitting on. And that is a chair. Now, that is a... <laughs> that is a, a fact that... I was kind of saving like for this point in the episode when I knew we'd eventually kind of hit this wall where we're kind of out of things to talk about. So but where the fuck were you an hour ago? When you were doing perfectly fine, quit your fucking whining. You did good. <laughs> so this, 
a little nugget of information, this little trivia note that I, I found that I have, I've been waiting for the right moment to unveil on the show. Guys, I have a black cat. What? The I name of the movie is The Black Cat. It's something to think about. And you have the pet, the black cat? Okay, so I just said something and it reminded me of a story that I, I've been meaning to tell you guys. I don't oh, think I don't think I told you. I if I did, it would have been like a month ago. I don't think I told it on the air. Um, but a story for you guys that I've been meaning to tell. I saw during the holidays, by accident, I saw a family member of sorts. It, it's it's a loose relation, but I accidentally ended up in the same room as this old man. And somehow something about movies came up and I started like, you know, cause he was, he kept addressing me and I started, you know, kind of conversing with him a little bit about movies. And he said something about how the night before he was watching some sort of Cary Grant movie. And I said, Oh, I love Cary Grant. And this guy looks at me and this guy talks and talks. And he looks at me and he goes, you know, Cary Grant has the same initials as Clark Gable. It's something to think about. <laughs> and I just had to look at him and go, yep. <laughs> yeah. It's something to think about. What is there to think about? You're both... correct. They do They do have the same initials. Now All what? Right. Hear me out. Pretty eerie, don't you think? <laughs> playing, playing old man's advocate. Do you think by something to think about he meant two icons of film having the same initials like no uh -uh. which one of those guys was an icon of film the old man that i was talking to oh obviously but both both uh okay i ain't never heard of them they're no jared leto (laughs) so did you guys see the quote from jared leto about how filming morbius was it, it was he was it was a role that he was not used to because he's never played a character so close to himself. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is he talking about? He's I've, a fucking moron. He guys, plays these roles. That guy where, sucks. I don't, I don't know if he you fucking know this. sucks. I don't know if you know this, but fuck Jared Leto. Did you guys see the quote from Denzel in an interview? Yeah, I was about to bring it up and read it. It's so, um, do you have it? Because I'm yeah, I have it in front okay. of me. So some it was an interview about their new movie that I don't even know the title of. The Little Hours. That I think that's I think that's the, it. Who the Little Hours. A fuck? I do. I'm gonna watch it this with weekend for and, sure. With, with with Denzel and Jared Leto and Rami Malek, it's gonna be on uh, on HBO, HBO Max. Max. Well, by the time you've listened to this, it is already on HBO Max. Whoa, spooky! Um, it's something ooh, to think about. Really, something to think about. Terminated uh, two times. And so he ooh. was asked about Jared Leto's method acting because he's famous for his method acting. He said, "Quote: He didn't do any of that with me. Nah, he'd have been paid a visit. That wouldn't happen." <laughs> and, and I believe it was said he actually started. He actually began to cut off the interviewer who was asking him. The interviewer began to ask about Jared Leto doing any of that. And he said, no, he didn't do anything about me. He would have been paid a visit. <laughs> Incredible. I love that we're getting a bit of a Denzel renaissance. Or, or, or re-emergence, rather. I was going to say, let, let's let the viewing... I, tell you, I don't think he went away. I don't know. I feel like he, he kind of he slipped he away co- for a little while. He quieted down. I don't think so. 
I don't think he went away like he didn't John Travolta go away and like right. Now it's like holy shit, Pulp Fiction. Like first of all, no way this movie's good. Holy shit, um, Gotti! No, I don't think there's any way it's good. Um, I'm excited for it. But Denzel, yeah, I'll watch it. He's yeah, oh yeah, no, I didn't say down. it's good either. But I'm excited for it. Yeah. Hey, have you guys seen Denzel in Inside Man? No, I've never seen Inside Man. Very good. I've got it. Yeah, no. That's Very uh, good. That's Spike Lee, right? You bet. Yeah. Okay. There's this one, you know, like Spike's like classic like tracking shot that he does in like every movie where it's just yeah. like like a the one with Denzel in it is horrible. <laughs> it's so bad and like jarring. But Inside Man is really good. Big yeah. wreck. It's about a man on the inside. Oh. Uh, wow. It really makes you think. It's something to think about. <laughs> you know Jesus? what? You know Jesus? what is not good? Uh, mm. The Jonathan Demi uh, Manjurian candidate. Haven't seen. Bad. Have not seen. Bad movie. Um, yeah. Hey Frank. Yo. Booby. Yes. Chief. C. You have anything else about the Black Cat? This movie that you picked for us. No. That you were so excited about? uh, Guys, I mean, I was excited. I was real excited to watch it. And then I realized, oh, shit. We're going to, this episode's going to suck because we all. Oh, my God. It's been fun. No, hear me out. Because when I watched it, I realized, oh, shit. The three of us are going to watch this and we're all going to enjoy it. And And there's nothing to talk about. It's an hour and five minutes. So what are we really going to talk about? I I know. I I had something to say. Uh, I want every movie to be a cool hour and five minutes. Yeah, please. Uh, I was getting to this earlier. Uh, Edgar G. Ulmer. That guy knew how to make a movie. I tell you. What's Detour? Hour 10? Yeah, Detour is a short boy, too. Oh man, I, I love this guy and his hour and change movies. Nothing but love and respect for Edward G. Omer. Yeah, shouts out. Fucking like, like Godfather being like, however, two and a half hours. Get out of here! Look what they did to Give my me. boy. <laughs> <laughs> Look how they massacred my boy. Yeah, that that's uh, the line yeah. from the famous movie. That's like the greatest movie of all time. That's um, just, I didn't get it right. Yeah, give give me give me The Godfather in an hour and five minutes. Maybe then I'll watch it. Break it up like episodes. Somebody like, cut like, it down we... to an hour and five minutes. I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff you can take out. Just or, give me like no, the Chris. horse scene. Give me the cannoli scene, and then give me the orange slice scene. I'm fine then. Chris, you break it into episodes like they did with the Hateful Eight, and then you no, watch it over you, a week. No, just just cut it down. Take out a, take out the unimportant stuff. No, Chris, it's three twenty minute episodes. I love that. Then, anyways, guys, I think we're done. Like, with the oh my cat. god, like fucking Marty with the Irishman, three and a half fucking hours. Oh my god, give me a fucking break. Hey, I Marty. liked it. I liked it. I'm never gonna fucking watch it again because it's three and a half fucking hours. Hey, you Marty. Hear, you want to hear something crazy? Hey, Marty. What, did you I, watch it like six hey, times? Hey, Marty. I've hey, seen Marty. it twice, once in theaters. Ugh, how can you do that to yourself? Hey, cool it with the computers, bucko. I, Guys, I was telling Marty to cool it with the computers, I'm bucko. not going to lie. I, I thought Irishman was awesome. I saw it in theaters, in the city, in... in um. You saw it at the IFC Center, right? At IFC Center? That might be the least comfortable movie-going experience I've ever been to because it's been there for a million years. Mm-hmm. So all those seats are, like, real old. So they're built for people that are, like, 
not your size. A, thir- a third of the size of a normal person. And right. as a person that's twice the size of a normal person, it was not comfortable, especially wedged between two of my buddies who I dragged to go see it with me. You know what oh was they, they weren't happy at the CT. You know what was my least comfortable movie going experience? When I saw Birds of Prey in 4DX and I kept getting kicked in the back by the 4DX. Every time, <laughs> every time Harley Quinn was doing a fight, I get hit. The chair, the chair was beating me up. So, so they made you like a goon. They made you like yeah. a, 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 a henchman, as yeah. they say. So, guys, what's your letterbox rating for the Black Cat? Why did, why in my mind did I almost say The Departed? <laughs> <laughs> you were, you were on a Marty kick. I, I just want to know, guys. What's your let? <laughs> uh, what's your letterbox rating for the Black Cat? Frank, you so, go first. I was going to say, I'll go first since it, it, it is my movie that I brought to the table. Right. I've got it at a hot four and a half stars. I fucking love it. Um, I, I think it's worth a watch for sure, especially if you're a fan of universal horror stuff. Yeah, I gave it four stars. I really liked it. Uh, if you know, if you have access to it somehow, I know, well, by the time you've listened to this, it is no longer on the... Um, the Criterion channel, uh, but you can rent it on Amazon Prime Video if you want. It's like two ninety nine on there, um, but it's definitely it's definitely worth seeking out and watching. It's a lot of fun. It's an hour and five minutes, and if you like Bela Lugosi, Boris Karloff, like really old Hollywood type stuff, go for it. It's great. To quote the Perfect Ten, Ty Dillinger, four, four, four. <laughs> I give it four stars. It's great. <laughs> Uh, the gang pretty much already covered it, but I mean, if you're a fan of this horror and if you respect the classics and respect the greats, it's certainly something that if you haven't seen, you have to go out of your way to. It's it's a classic. It's mm-hmm. tremendous. It's a breezy watch. Karloff's hair, his muscles, it's great. You got to check yeah. it out. He and gets you, skinned alive. Right, you get Lugosi oh, go, yeah. how does it feel to be on your own embalming table? Yeah, <laughs> we never talked about like the closing scene is Boris Karloff getting skinned alive, but like off screen, like it's just yeah, the silhouette in the shadows. Yeah. And it, it's awesome. It looks great. And it's probably creepier than it. it it's creepier. And it looks probably better than, than actually. What if they showing, actually, yeah. If they did it on filming 34. Yeah. So it works great. Like the, it, for, if any, if for not anything else, I think that was a proper English sentence. If not for anything else, it's an hour and five minutes. Like, right. watch it for an hour. Watch that last five minutes. It's fucking cool. Right. Um. Um. I don't do I, it for the black cat, right? Yeah. I think we're good. Yeah. Let's let's talk about uh, the Irishman a little bit. Uh, Mike, have no. you seen the Irishman? I have seen the first forty-seven minutes of the Irishman. That's oh, like you think? not even getting into the movie yet. No, it's not because it's too fucking long, Frank. <laughs> um, Mike. Uh, uh, we have to be careful before Russell Crowe uh, starts barging into our podcast and telling us that we don't respect cinema or whatever. Um, Guys, I got oh, yelled. I got. I, I I'm gonna choked. need. To, I'm gonna need to isolate that sound bite of Frank <laughs> going. Oh, I just choked. <laughs> so oh, guys, that made me laugh. Guys, I got That's, yelled that at was on. reminiscent of Frankie choking on an apple fritter and almost killing us all, <laughs> almost crashing his truck. <laughs> We we're driving home from 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 Atlantic City, and he is he is fisting a an apple fritter 
as Excuse a Excuse uh, me? Like double fisting he apple fritter. Fisting an apple fritter? He's double fisting apple fritters while he's driving. And a like, massive truck. Yeah, his massive I don't what do you drive? Like F two fifty? What what do you drive? Silverado? Colorado, the small Oh Colorado? Okay. Um, he punched himself in the eye, Chris. Punt yeah, he did. Uh but he he's shoving an apple fritter into his mouth and then <laughs> As he's speed, as he's going like eighty five on the New Jersey further on the gas as he eats more. <laughs> he's it's just the acceleration just keeps going faster. You guys were in the back faster. seat. You would have been fine. And he's and then and then we just hear him go. <laughs> <laughs> and then for some reason, like he just keeps on going speeding. He doesn't try to like slow down a little bit. Were there cars around us? Yes. Directly in front of us? Of course there were. But that's not the point. The point is, is I was going, we were all going. (laughs) In this moment, he's like, well, I'm dying, so I better speed up. (laughs) Chris and I exchanged a glance at each other in this moment that I think was legitimate fear that we were about to be involved in a very bad accident. Yes. The best part is... I you looked at you. Were... I looked at you when, with my eyes set, it's been a good run, buddy. <laughs> yeah. The best is so the two of so you long, in the pal. Seat, the two of you in see the you on seat, the other side, Mike. The two of you in the back seat exchange that glance. I guarantee you, in the front seat next to me, Martin didn't even flinch. He's been in the car for some wild times. Have you choke on apple fritters before? He probably looked at me and was like, all right, he'll get it out. And then went back to his phone. Dude, we went to Wawa and you grabbed six apple fritters. That's all they had. <laughs> you grabbed all well, of he them. Said, he said, and we one said, for why? now, one for the car, <laughs> one for home, one for my mom, one for tomorrow. <laughs> yes, that's I, it's exactly what I was gonna say. He ran. Guys, we were like, "Why, why do you I, need that many?" And you ran down the checklist of when you would eat all of these. Yeah, it's, I I justified you all took, of them. So you you took yourself. one for the car and tossed the rest in the truck bed. Yeah. <laughs> what was I gonna do? Fucking sit on them? No, get them out of the way. <laughs> Remember how Fonzie used to tell people to sit on it. <laughs> I've been thinking about bringing that back. Hey, sit on it. Hey, guys, do you have any weekly purchases? I bought that book I talked about earlier. Um, I haven't bought a movie in like a month, which, you know, really works for our, our movie, our movie watching and buying podcast. Well, I've got something. Mm-hmm. I've only got one thing. I've got a couple things that I'm waiting on, but uh, per usual, I don't really touch on those until they're in hand. But I do have, finally on Blu-ray, been waiting 14 years, 15 years. Oh, man. The 2006 comedy. Oh, no. Accepted. (laughs) Starring Justin Long and, you know... Jonah the Hill rest, in it, I think. The rest, right? Isn't Jonah Hill and Justin Long and costume? the boys? <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's the one where where Jonah Hill goes to ask me about my wiener. That one, yeah, yeah. that one, yeah. Like maybe right. his first movie. So I know you just uh, actually no, I don't think so. No, it's not. He, he, I, I don't know if this is his first movie. But He's in this he Judd Apatow's. I was going to say he is the guy in the forty-year-old virgin trying to buy the goldfish high yep. heels. 
That might be his first movie. I think it is, yeah. Um, so I bought Accepted. Mike, I Sick. saw you recently watched it as well. Does it hold up? Here's the thing. Something has to be good for it to hold up. <laughs> I, I, I've been trying to separate it. I don't know. I've been trying to separate the fact that when I was like 15 and 16, I watched Accepted like a shitload of times. Uh-huh. I had it on DVD. Uh-huh. I watched it a lot. I would hang in the basement with, with my people and we would watch Accepted and like Viva La Bam and like CKY DVDs. Yeah. I loved Accepted at the time. Watching it again now, I don't know if I only liked it because I used to love it and I felt nostalgic or if it's actually kind of good. But I feel like I'm leaning towards it maybe being kind of good. Listen to this. Hear me out. You got to hear this, this, this tagline for it. You ready? You got to hear this. Oh boy. Frank, make sure you don't choke when you hear this one. When every college turned them down, they made one up. <laughs> well, that's wow. the whole movie. Wow. I don't know, guys. I think you should maybe watch Accepted. I got it for $8.99. You know, it's not. That's too much. <laughs> It's way too much. Hey, it was twelve ninety nine, and I waited, and it finally dropped. It to give you an idea, it was twelve ninety nine pre order for like months. Two days before the release, the pre order dropped to eight ninety nine. <laughs> Which means we'll be getting it for two ninety nine each in about two weeks, Chris. Yeah, because Dollar Tree, they, baby. Yeah, because they were like, Woo! they were like, nobody has pre ordered this movie. They were we like, Mike still hasn't price. ordered this. <laughs> Mike pre ordered Good Burger and pre ordered Small Soldiers, but he still hasn't pre ordered Accepted. We got to drop that price and get him. And boy, did they. A big alarm sounded in like the Accepted Blu ray factory. <laughs> like, Guys, it's a specific factory just for Accepted Blu rays. Yes. But the alarm went off when Mike finally placed his order because they were like, yeah, we get to finally print one. Boys, Sick. we got them. So we are now going to play a game in which I tell you boys the names of characters from Accepted and you tell me what actor it is. I stuck at this. I, I remember ready? three of the actors. Good. You ready? Easy one first. Bartleby Games. That's, that's uh, Justin Long. His name is Bartleby. Yeah. Here's another one. You ready? Abu. Abu. Sherman Schrader. That's got to be Jonah Hill. It is. You ready for another one? Mm-hmm. Mr. Schrader. Louis Black. Jim O'Hare. What? Yep. He's, he's the father <laughs> to Jonah Hill. Guys, my eye still hurts from when I punched myself before. Let's let's see. All right, here's the last one because Chris already has two. Hoyt Ambrose, Lewis Black, Blake, Blake Lively. It is. She's Tra- in there, right? It, yes, it is Travis Van Winkle. Who? Who? Okay, you want one more to try to, to try to yeah. break this tie? Yeah. Okay. What tie? What I have tie? two. He has zero. You want one more to break the tie? <laughs> sure. Okay. Let's see. I'm, I'm trying to get a good one for you. Gwyn. Blake Lively. Gwyn. Gwyn? Um, is it Boris Karloff? It is Caitlin Doubleday, the sister of Portia Doubleday. Who? I don't know who either of them. <laughs> Portia Doubleday from Mr. Robot? 
She says, we have to, we have to destroy the government. Mr. Robot, help. Remember? I never watched Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot, Robot, use your computer. Oh, Mr. Robot is so good. Cool. <laughs> um, Sorry hey. it's not football, Frank. Hey, man. There's no football this week. Yeah, that's why Chris is here on time. Hey, Frank. He, yes, he watches football on Thursday. I tape it on Sunday, and I watch it on Thursday. He, he waits till Thursday to watch them, just to just to spite us. Hey, hey, Frank. Um, so you think did you you saw that the Irishman's fantastic? What did you say? I love the Irishman. You think? But, do you think the fucking the de aging looks good? So it does not look great. Hear me out. Hear, no, because it, it looks out. bad. Here's. He, he he looks like an eighty year old man with like that's like with like well, Botox. So and, here's the problem, and like the most absurd color eyes I've ever seen in my life. Here's the problem with it. I think it looks terrible. The first scene where you see him, where uh, where Pesci he's supposed and, to be forty, and he's walking like an eighty year old man, and he tries well, to no. kick a guy on the street. They couldn't but, get a body double. I'm the Irishman. I love when De Niro says that. Hear me out. I think the first scene when when it's Pesci and De Niro leaning in like the truck, mm-hmm. like and it's real bright out, it yeah. looks dog shit. Yeah, yeah, does. that's around when I stopped watching. The rest, the rest of the movie doesn't look that bad, but they fucked up and didn't do body doubles. So it looks like an eighty-year-old yeah. guy walking around pretending to be a. If they just did, if they had a body double. Dude. And and did like the de aging technology on just his face? I think yeah. it would have looked fine because most of the rest of the movie is in dark and in shade, right. where like it looks better. You can't do super bright, and you can't have fucking. It's not like uh, I I can't even come up with a good example. Like if he was sixty, you might have got away with it. But he's but they, those guys are so old. Frank, it's bad. Old. It's yeah. bad. You and he's it's not when he's it's dude bad. when he's when he's walking out of the, the store. De-aging, it's bad. Oh, he's the de-aging. walking no, uh, when he's walking cool. out of the store to to beat up that store clerk. The, he's walking, no dude. That. He's walking like a member of the Lollipop Guild. <laughs> Chris, that that's that's being generous. <laughs> the the Lollipop Guild. <laughs> Chris, go put also, the... he's supposed to be the Irishman, but he's still talking like this. Well, because he's not from Ireland. He's just <laughs> Irish. You fucking wait, d- wait, Dice is in the movie? <laughs> a- Andrew Dice Clay. You talk about me with my microphone. He just knocked this whole shit over. Sorry. <laughs> so, Chris, did you do you have any weekly purchases? <laughs> Chris has to fix his microphone because he knocked it over. Okay, I do have weekly purchases. All right, so uh, let's hear them. F- first, uh, I did want to say because I, I I had forgotten to mention them um, for uh, for the the anniversary of the birth of Christ. I received uh, "There Will Be Blood" and "No Country for Old Men," which I did not have on Blu-ray, and I was very excited to get those. Hey, other quick question: You've seen both, yeah. right? Correct. Yes, of course. Uh, which one's better? I think no country. I mean, I'm upset that you hesitated. I I, so, I need to watch 
there will be blood again. I do. I do too. I do too. It's been a while since I've watched it. I, I need um, to give it a rewatch, but yeah, I think No Country by far I think, blows it away. Yeah, uh, I think No Country's probably the best of the two thousands. Um, but uh, but uh, what would you have ahead of it? Off the top of my head, nothing. I'm. I just said bold. <laughs> bold. <laughs> bold. Um, you're like. No miscongeniality, too. Um, so then this week I purchased uh, the Arrow uh, edition of the apartment. Uh, Hell that yeah! A, that is a blind buy that had been recommended by both of you guys. Oh, it, it's not like I had never heard of the apartment before. It's something I'd wanted to watch for quite a while, but uh, I will finally dig into it. Um, and I also bought uh, Carol uh, from 2015 with Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara, which is incredible. And um, I bought a uh, phantom thread, which I, uh, absolutely love Daniel day Lewis's last film, uh, last, uh, last piece of work, uh, last, um, you know, movie with Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. So I got that and, uh, I showed you guys, it has a very weird case. It's not blue. It's, it's, it's a clear case and doesn't have the the blu-ray imprint at the top it's very weird i've never seen a case like that i um, sent you a picture of one in my own collection i know but I, I had still never seen one like that before mine but now you have sure i've seen two now okay so you got to clarify for the people <sighs> um yeah uh you mike you said yours frank what did you buy he bought a book he said i bought that book. oh just the book hey, hey did you watch I anything good well, before before we get to watching anything good, I do want to give a little bit of a, a preview, a teaser, if you will, because as I said, I you know I have some stuff out for order that just hasn't showed up yet, mm-hmm. but I do want to propose the theory that I am the only person ever to order the Blu-rays of Black Narcissus and Shaun the Sheep movie in the same order. <laughs> I'd, I'd have to assume that is definitely the case. I would like to pose that I am the only person ever. If you two have ordered Black Narcissus and Sean the Sheep movie, please in the let same us know. Order, please contact us on Instagram or Twitter. Frank, you're with a big hashtag art- with the hashtag Apple Fritter. And if you do that, oh, we will man. know that you bought those two movies together. I was going to say, you I was going to say somehow. Sheep Narcissus. Mm. No, Apple Fritter, man. Frank, being Frank, you can't eat the hashtags. Now, being that you... <laughs> now, Frank, now, since you're also a big fan of the Aardman stop-motion things, have you ever seen the Show on the Sheep movie? I have not. Neither have I, and I hear really good things. I mean, I'm sure it's awesome. Um, like, Wallace and Gromit rules. I got it for a cool five fifty nine. so... You know, yeah, I mean, it was two dollars more than Black Narcissus, which is crazy because isn't like Black Nar. I I think you might have fucked up because I think Black Narcissus is a Criterion. Uh, this one's not. It it had like no, a release. I I was gonna say if you got a Criterion for like three bucks, I then mean, it definitely isn't good. If any if anybody could find that deal, it'd, it'd be, probably be me. So now to pose a question that no one has asked within the past two or three minutes. You watch anything good this past week? I watched yeah. The Black Cat. Why don't you tell us about it? So I've been on very much a not movie kick, um, not really a TV kick either. 
uh, nor a reading kick, despite my purchase of a book. Um, I, I just, it, it, I'm going through one of my funks where I'm like, eh, maybe I'll watch this. And then nothing really grabs my attention in the first couple of minutes. So, um, yeah, I'm sure I'll, I'll kick out of that. And there's been a lot of sports and obviously I do the other pod. So I've been trying to watch sports and keep up with that. So I'm sure I'll hop back in at some point. I'll be back. Get it. It's a movie reference. So you don't have a single movie from this past week? I watched The Black Hat since I, the last movie I watched before The Black Hat was Sin City. <laughs> That's a sad state of affairs. Uh, Chris, Chris, do you... How many, how many do you have, Chris, that you want to shout out? Um, well, I guess Cause three. Because uh, I have One of two. them's a trilogy, yeah. If, do you want, by all means, go so ahead. So you have six. <laughs> five. Do the math good. Yeah, it's five. I don't do math. If you can't do good. the math on that, then I can't help you. Where have I heard that before? I don't know. So I've got two movies that I want to shout out, very similar in nature. They are Psycho Goreman and Rachel Getting Married. Uh, <laughs> Psycho Goreman, a film that I've been following the development of for, for over a year now, something I've been very excited for. It's, it's a horror, comedy, sci-fi. There's, there's practical effects. It's, it's like a bizarre love child of like, God, of like Power Rangers, but then there's like notions of uh, of like Clive Barker thrown in with like little bits of like comedy. It's it's the kind of movie where I've watched so many of these over the years, and they always let me down because they're just like referential drivel. Where just there's no actual plot to them. They're they're just full of people just basically trying to just throw all their influences on the screen. And it just doesn't work. It's not cohesive. Psycho Gorman is charming. It's funny. The practical effects, the, the costumes are incredible. I absolutely adored it. It's on VOD right now. I think you can rent it for like six bucks. It'll be on Blu-ray in March. Absolutely adored it. It seems like it's starting to pick up some steam. Some steam. I see more and more people have been talking about it over the past week since it came out. Big shout out to Psycho Gorman. If you're into like trauma or like horror or like cool practical effect suits or something, I don't know. Check it out. Psycho Goreman, big, big wreck. And then Rachel Getting Married, the Jonathan Demi film. Chris, I believe, spoke about it the week that he watched it and put it over, said, Yeah, it's a movie. Rachel, she gets married. I'm here to tell you, she does get married. I watched a couple of days ago now. It sat with me. I have no qualms about saying it is a masterpiece. Mm hmm. I think, I think it's an absolute masterpiece. It's incredible. Anne Hathaway, Rosemary DeWitt, Sebastian Stan, who plays two roles, yeah. which is weird. Just um, like the cat. Oh, no. Uh, Morton. Morton Stan is his name. Uh, Bill Irwin is incredible. Deborah Winger. Is, the whole cast is incredible. The whole Absolutely. thing is tremendous. Frank, have you seen Rachel Getting Married? You need to see not. Rachel Getting Married, Frank. It's. Uh, I mean, you know Jonathan Demme. You know, The Silence yeah. of the Lambs. You know, little little which, indie flick he did. You know, maybe the weirdest like filmography of all time. Oh, for sure. I mean, stop making <laughs> sense. Philadelphia, Silence of the Lambs, Rachel getting married, that Manchurian Candidate remake. Very bizarre filmography. Rachel getting married, absolutely incredible. I was. Can I say I was enraptured? I think you could because that's what I was. I was enraptured. 
I didn't. I the, didn't touch the, the phone. I just seen the scene where uh, she has the the big argument with her mother before uh, the night before the wedding. Whew. And then the scene the next day, where um, oh, I'm trying to remember the character name. The scene the next day when. Christopher Walken walks down the boardwalk and tells, tells his son who's painting, he goes, Todd, you tell that mean ocean. is incredible. So you're telling I me. I know it was, it was one of Isla Fisher's first big movie roles. I thought she was great in it. Um, that was the first time I ever saw Bradley Cooper. Mike, so you're telling me there's a boardwalk? Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> See, that, that was a Wedding Crashers joke. The joke yes, was that yes. I, I had watched... The 2005 film Wedding Crashers. Yes. So wait, you're saying there's no boardwalk? There is Frank, no I'm, boardwalk. I'm sorry to say Getting there's married. no boardwalk. Okay. There are there's some crazy musicians just standing around jamming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No boardwalk. I'm out. Rachel Getting Married is absolutely a movie that I would want to cover on this uh, podcast. Well, how about I, you cover the six movies that you watched? I think it's phenomenal. Um, so. I'm going to put three in one. I watched the before trilogy uh, before sunrise, before sunset, before midnight. Uh, they well, were... who, who, who placed, who planted this idea with you? They should watch this. Who told you that this was this, this marvelous masterpiece of film. And why did you not wait nine years between each? Oh, installment? That, All right, let's get, down to, well, let's get down to brass tacks. Why the hell did you not wait 15 years between each movie? I didn't have that kind of time. Um, so some commitment, some, I mean, so you I, make us wait a half an hour every week while you dilly dally. If you add up those half pod, hours, you add up those half years. hours, you can see Ethan Hawke being old going back. So, uh, I got, I got the recommendation from a very, a very good friend of mine. Uh, his name is Kevin T. Porter. You may follow him on Twitter. Uh, oh, I thought it was going to be damn too. Yeah. So, uh, well, damn too. Damn too was talking about it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just jump into it now. Um, before sunrise, before sunset, before midnight, all masterpieces. Um, all made me cry for fucking 20 minutes afterwards. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know what else you could say, but it. it's like the most pure, real depiction of a relationship I've ever seen on film. Um, did you just get a little choked up talking about it? No, I needed a drink of water. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, God damn, really? You, I gotta watch these. Um, no, dude, you do need to watch them. Yeah, you do. Um, Ethan Hawke, Julie Delpy. It, they're just incredible uh, pieces of filmmaking. I absolutely loved them. They're maybe my favorite trilogy of all time now after after watching them. Um, Man, Richard Richard Linklater, who I know director. we I know we collectively <laughs> refer to as the Link. Yeah, I mean these three movies in Boyhood. Like, obviously, he has other good works too. But like, like for School one, of Rock. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I don't like your sarcastic tone there. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> but it's they're very, very, very different films. Yeah, so? So <laughs> for him to have been able to churn out these three, the three before trilogy films mm-hmm. and Boyhood and School of Rock, yeah. like the, these, to have Days all come from the mind of one director, Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Something that I'm wondering about that I saw some speculation on this year... Uh, or no, sorry, excuse me. Next year will be nine years from before midnight. 
is it possible that they might be writing another one? I'd, I'd certainly love that. Um, yeah, it'll all be on Zoom. Yeah. So uh, another movie I watched uh, in in the um, excuse me in the Robert Zemeckis miniseries on Blank Check. Uh, they covered Allied this week, a movie that I had never uh, seen before. And let me tell you, Allied's great. Uh, Brad Pitt. Marion Cotillard, they play uh, secret spies during night during uh, World War Two, and uh, there's suspicion that one of them might be a Nazi. Um, and it's fucking great. You give Brad Pitt a script about Nazis, and he's going to do it without hesitation. Um, now, this is the movie where the two of them fell for each other, right? That's not like on, on the that, set. That is not what actually happened, but that is no? what that is what the the, uh, the you know the dirt sheets had. I mean, had that's before. what Brad told me. Oh no! Really? You got the scoop? Yeah, Brad and I go back for you, you know the, the thing with the guy can, in the place. Do you think Brad can get on the pod? No, he's busy. Oh, okay. Um, and the last one I watched uh, was this afternoon. I watched On the Town with Gene Kelly and Frank Sinatra, um, Jules Munchen. Uh, yeah, I, uh, directed by uh, Stanley Donnan and Gene Kelly. Um, it's fantastic. They're they're in the navy. They're on the town. Uh, yeah, it's fucking great. It's a musical and it's dancing and it's funny. Uh, Mike, I think you would absolutely adore this movie. I I know for sure I would. It's something that's been on my radar for like years and I just haven't yeah. gotten around to. But I see that it's on HBO Max. It, it's but it's leaving in three days. Well, I've got the time. Yeah, you got to watch it this weekend. You also have to watch Martha Marcy May Marlene this weekend because that's leaving too. Yeah, well, um, you got to watch broadcast news because I'm going to take come over and take your Criterion <laughs> collection. How about um, that? It's leaving your apartment. So I, one very funny thing about On the Town. Uh, so obviously, like I said, Frank Sinatra is in it. And uh, the plot of it is they are in the Navy. They port in New York where they have never been before. And Frank Sinatra says the line in this voice, I ain't never been to New York before. Oh, <laughs> uh, all blue eyes. You gotta love them. Oh, Frank. But it's great. I man, I absolutely loved it. I want to watch more Gene Kelly stuff. Oh, I, I, you got it. Oh my goodness. What Chris, is you ever star? you ever heard of this one singing in the rain? You ever heard of that one? I've heard dancing in the snow. Oh no. This is the prequel. Oh, okay, cool. I got to check that out. It's before it gets I was very out. lost when I watched Dancing in the Snow. Right, right. This is this is before the winter. This is like the the spring. Have you seen Tappan in the Sleet? I watched Tappan in the Sleet during a college course, but I haven't seen it since. Okay. What well, like, do you think of it then? I was going to say, that's like uh, Lion King one and a half, right? It's the one that takes place in between the two? Yeah. Oh, right. Uh, Singing in the Rain, Simba's Pride. Mm-hmm. Yep. They made the fourth one that was not as well received. Uh, that was uh, balleting in the hail, uh, but that uh, it, kind, it was right because kind of balleting isn't even a word, yeah. and then it, it wasn't an alliteration. It was just yeah. doomed to fail. And that was the one where they brought in Barbara Streisand, and it just she kept sing, singing about her father. Guys, can I ask a question? Yeah. What part of singing in the rain? Has any alliteration in it? The singing and the rain. That's not an alliteration. Okay, same, tough guy. It's, it's the same. <laughs> it's 
So, so guys, before, before we wrap up, there, there's a movie that I've been wanting to talk about to you guys for a couple of weeks now, just because I'm very excited about it and I've wanted to bring it up and see if you guys had any thoughts. Everybody knows, and I mean everybody, everybody knows uh-huh. that GDT Guillermo del Toro is my boy. Uh-huh. And I've been meaning to talk. I've been meaning to talk to you guys for weeks about his new movie that's currently scheduled to come out in December. It's okay. called. I'm sorry. Called Pinocchio. No, not not Pinocchio. Oh, it's called Nightmare Alley. It's a remake of a 1947 film. Oh. An ambitious young carny with a talent for manipulating people with a few well-chosen words hooks up with a female psychiatrist who is even more dangerous than he is. So, gang, I just wanted to throw this cast out for you for this new GDT film. Hit us with it. The English two le- language? Real quick. English language uh, yeah. or en espanol? Uh, English. Oh, good. I can't die. <laughs> Lord knows I don't want to read subtitles. The two leads, the, the ambitious Carney and the female psychiatrist, are Bradley Cooper and Tony Collette. Wow. All right. Kate Blanchett, Rooney Mara, Richard Jenkins, Willem Dafoe, and of course, Ron Perlman. Holy shit. Yeah, I'm very excited. Hell yeah. Very excited. A little, a little Carol reunion there with Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara. Oh, they're going to smooch, right? Yeah, I bet they are. Next, you're going to tell me that, uh, that Kyle Chandler's going to be in it, too. Guys, this has been another episode of Feature Presentation. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow Frank at Frankie Fear Yo, F-I-E-R-Y-O. Also, check out Frankie's sports podcast, 914 Sports. Right? Uh, did, I, did I get that number right? You nailed it. Frank, what, what's, code, baby. What, what's the social for that? Uh, on Twitter, it is the numbers 914, the word sports. On Instagram, it is the number nine, the word one, the number four sports, because fuck my life. Check that shit out. If you want to follow Chris, he's got like 18 different accounts. So the uh, baseball podcast at Charging the Mound, I was going to do an episode this week about the Hall of Fame, but it fell through and then I stopped caring. Um, You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Underscore Perk. And on Letterboxd, at Chris Perk. Mike, where, where can they find you? So if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Fat Kid Deals. <laughs> if you want to follow me on Letterboxd, I am at Hawk Hawkins, H-U-C-K-H-A-W-K-I-N-S. Most importantly, biggest one of all, feature presentation. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram, at FeetPressPod, F-E-A-T-P-R-E-S-P-O-D. Please, if you like the show, Rate and review on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on wherever you get your shows. Tell your friends. We got a nice little bump from Elio last week. Let's keep, oh, yeah. that, let's keep that momentum going. Next week, we've got a super fun one. Next week, we've got small soldiers. And we will find out once and for all what Frankie's Gorgonite name is. So tune in next week for feature presentation. <laughs>